what do you have for your MVP ranking right now? One, two, three. Probably LJ, CMC, and still Michael Thomas. I think. Oh my God, I have the same exact list. Now it's time for the two-on-one, a fantasy football podcast, the official podcast of the Super Friends League. Bad boy, good boy, good. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the two on one of Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your commish, Tommy Moe. Alongside me this week is everyone's best friend, Dominic Rickard. Steve, our host, could not make it tonight because he's doing that three-day brine on his turkey, getting things real set, real ready for Thanksgiving this week. And so, yeah, it's Thanksgiving week and the last week of the regular fantasy season for the majority of fantasy football leagues. Holy hell, Dominic, how is it almost time for the fantasy playoffs? One thing is for sure, though, I'm ready for a weekend filled with football and good food. But to not waste any more time, let's get to it with NFL Quick Hits. NFL Quick Hits. So the San Francisco 49ers are really the real deal this year. After odds makers and projectionists lowered their potential to beat the Packers on Sunday night football, the 49ers gold rush got after Rodgers all night as the defense shut down the Packers on all fronts, earning a decisive 37-8 victory. Not to be outdone, the Patriots defense continues to dominate as they made one of the better offenses in the game, the Dallas Cowboys, look real pedestrian. It wasn't a stellar offensive game for either side, but the Pats were clearly in control as they cruised to a 13-9 win. Derrick Henry strikes again against the Jaguars, rumbling for another 70-plus yard touchdown, throwing a couple stiff arms along the way, and proving that Henry is just like the juggernaut from X-Men. Once he gets going, he's impossible to stop. His day was so good, everyone forgot about A.J. Brown and Fournette's impressive performances that day. Carolina versus New Orleans was a barn burner that barely missed overtime thanks to Joey Sly's missed field goal and Will Lutz's made field goal. CMC, the Marshmallow Falk, and Kent Guard Michael Thomas continued to impress with D.J. Moore and Jared Cook contributing to a fancy field game that ended 34-31. to Cleveland turned it on finally against Miami with Baker, Chubb, and Landry going off, which was great for Landry going against his old team, which was just too much for Fitzmagic. The Browns ended 41, Dolphins 24. And lastly, while the Ravens dominated the Rams 45-6 on Monday Night Football and solidified Lamar's shot at the MVP, the Raiders turned back the clock and put up a dud against the Jets in New Jersey 34-3 as Carr was benched before the end of the third quarter. Terrible, terrible outing. So, Dominic, uh, why don't you hit us with some injury news for this week? Yeah, that'll segue me right into my first injury, and this this one hurt as a Raiders fan. Uh, Hunter Renfro took a really hard hit. He he looked like he was getting banged around all game, but uh, it looks like he broke a rib and punctured a lung, so he's out probably for the whole season, which is really sad. You know, he was really developing some chemistry, and, really emerging as Carr's number one weapon. So as Raider fans, that's a big blow. Uh, next one we have is the fantasy tight end, tight end breakout from last year. Eric Ebron is done for the year and placed on IR after having to have, I think, ankle surgery on both ankles. Is that correct, Tommy? 
yeah uh he's had ankle in- issues like all year and now now they're gonna operate on both of them so yeah he's shut down for the t- in the rest of the year yeah so time to pivot to jack doyle in the fantasy playoffs it sounds like uh and then last one uh big injury news golden tate suffered his third concussion in the last two games uh that pretty much means he's gonna get shut down for at least a couple weeks so keep an eye on that but uh now i want to transfer into uh, key players we expect back in week 13 Number one on the top of the list is Tyreek Hill. You know, when he's a go, uh, the hamstring hopefully isn't serious, and he's going to burn burn the defense. Uh, next, we have Adam Thielen finally returning back for the Minnesota Vikings. Alshon Jeffrey uh, for the Eagles. They really need uh, his, you know, red zone threats and uh, deep balls. And then Jordan Howard's also supposed to be come back on a limited basis. I'd stay away from him uh, fantasy this week just, just to see – how that backfield shades out now with Jay Ajay and uh, Miles Sanders. Uh, you don't know. Uh, Devontae Freeman's again, another guy I would take a flyer on. And uh, last but not least, the Cardinals are getting Chase Edmonds back, so they should have all three of the running backs back in some capacity. And then I guess the last thing I have is key players we don't expect back. So if you have them on your roster, just keep an eye out on them. That's James Conner with the Steelers and Austin Hooper, which I know a lot of people are hoping he comes back. I think you're one of them, Tommy. Yeah, definitely. I hope he's playing this week. So that's all I have on the injury front. You want to roll into our fantasy football talk? Yeah. And, you know, and before we get to that, just make sure uh, for all of you listeners out there to make sure you're following the podcast Twitter handle at 211 FFB podcast for up to date info on these key injuries and who will be active or out for this week's game. So yeah, let's go right into fantasy football talk. All right, Dom for fantasy football talk this week, I thought it would be a good time to talk about one of the best matchups of this weekend and what could be a possible Super Bowl preview. And that is the Baltimore Ravens versus the San Francisco 49ers. And so before we get to that, let me give you some stats about the uh, about the Ravens. And, and these stats come courtesy of sharpfootballstats.com. And our friend Samuel Wallace on Twitter, you can catch him at, at Samuel underscore DFF. He's putting out a bunch of really cool content. So he helped us find this data. And, and what we found is that the Ravens have run the most plays out of 22 personnel with 81 total plays, not counting last night's game. And the second most out of 32 personnel. So that's with three tight end sets. So this shows their propensity to be run heavy, or at least to show run heavy. And yet Lamar has the seventh highest passer rating, 11th in, and he's 11th in completion percentage and second in passing touchdowns. So Dom, are the Ravens the most dynamic team because they can do it all so well, or because you're not sure which offensive look you're going to get because they might show you that they're going to be run heavy and still Lamar is going to be lights out throwing the ball. Hands down, they're the most dynamic team I've seen in the NFL in the last 10 years. I, I, you know, I gave them a couple of weeks to, you know, just it wasn't a flash in the pan, but to kind of follow up on your stats, did you see what I sent to the group today? If you separate Lamar Jackson's throwing and running, he would still be QB1 and RB1 this season. That's how ridiculous this kid is. He's the only thing that's going to stop this guy is an injury. Knock on wood. Like you take away the run game from him, the, the mid run game. He he'll throw the ball deep, deep crosses to his tight ends. 
Uh, he'll scramble for for touchdowns. You try to take something away. That that's what I hope happens in this San Francisco 49er game. I hope the 49ers don't find the formula because you know that usually happens in the NFL. If someone shows a formula that's proven to slow a team down, then the, the, in the playoffs it'll get implemented. And that team, I hope it doesn't happen. I hope someone doesn't figure it out till like you know semifinals or finals. But to answer your question simply, they are the most dynamic team out there. Well, and and this is the stat that I that I went to look for came up last night. Because as a Mark Andrews owner, you know, whenever they're running run heavy sets, the, those two tight end, three tight end sets, uh, it's in situations like against the Patriots and the Rams where they're trying to pound the ball and, and, and play old school offense and just grind it out and, you know, and run it down their throats uh, to, to give something different, you know, and to show that they have that power. And, and then at the same time, they're going to still spread it out. And, and like I said, Lamar's going to find ways to, to throw the ball and be super efficient in his passing and, and just be super dynamic. So, like, you know, like I said, you kind of expect, you know, them to be, you know, one dimensional for this game. OK, like this game, they're going to run it hard. You know, they're just going to go after him with the run. But at the same time, they're still mixing it up and they're still throwing different looks at you, different sets. Uh, so it's it's just real. Like you said, it's one of the most dynamic te- teams we've seen in a long time, you know, and then trying to look at the 49ers who are having a hell of a year in their own right. You know, I started looking up stats for them and, and Sa- San Francisco scores the second most points per game. But do you know who scores the most points per game? The Ravens. The Ravens. <laughs> and so as I started to look it up, everything that they were, their ranking was behind the Ravens, you know, so so really like what's setting them apart and that's their defense. So they're number yeah. one in yards per game, number two in points per game, number one in passing yards per game, and number four in takeaways. And so uh, you're going to see the best defense going up against one of the best offenses. And I'm really excited to see what's going to happen this Sunday. Yeah, I know this is a fantasy podcast, but I'm definitely going to be watching as a football fan the uh, San Francisco 49ers front, you know, front D line. Uh, can they get pressure on Lamar Jackson? Because we haven't seen it yet. And what what the 49ers did to neutralize Aaron Donald, yeah. if they can do that to the best defensive player, individual player in the game, he he wasn't an impact in that game. I don't know if he made a tackle. I know he didn't get a sack. Uh, if they could do that, the if the 49ers can do that to uh, Judon and the Ravens front, it's going to be an interesting game. Yeah. But again, I, you know, Boil everything down. I'll take Lamar over Jimmy G. Jimmy G's starting to prove himself. He's starting to win some games, you know, look good passing the ball. But I still think Lamar is the MVP this year, and I'm excited for that game. It reminds me of the Rams-Chiefs uh, game last year that we had on Monday night. Yep. Yep, and I really think the difference is going to be the San Francisco offense doing something against the Ravens' defense, which is super good in their own right. But that's, you know, that's the one factor where – where you know there might be a slight edge or if they can figure it out like you said if they can figure out the formula to make it work you know i i think san francisco can do it but you know just looking ahead at that game like who would you pick um just straight no points but who would you pick san francisco or or baltimore i'll take the ravens because i think they're better on offense and i think their defense is right on par with the 49ers how how do the ravens who we all know is a great defensive franchise how like how do they turn around and have Marcus Peters and um, what's his name? Uh, Earl Thompson Thomas f- from the Seahawks? How do they have that? Both those guys on their defense this year? It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, 
it's they almost like they, loading up. Yeah, and it's almost like they got in like a sneaky way too. You know, like Earl Thomas like leaving Seattle and just kind of like, oh, he's just gonna quietly sign over there and oh, we're just gonna we're just gonna let go of Marcus Peters or you know, let you guys sign it because we're trying to get Jalen Ramsey. Um it's totally worked out and and um they just signed uh Domat Peco, uh who was on the uh the Broncos last year to solidify their defensive line. You know, they just brought him in because I forgot who got hurt. But they're, you know, they're getting all these other pieces and and when their defense is like the worst part about their team because the offense is that good, like, that's insane for the Ravens. Yeah, and you and you heard it on Monday Night Football, Booger McFarland wouldn't shut up about it, but it, the, Lamar Jackson is infectious. You know, all his his uh, enthusiasm and his love for the game and his work ethic, it's rubbing off on everybody. And that's what wins you games in the playoffs is when your team's healthy and playing for each other and, and hitting stride at the right time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and I'm glad you brought up Booger too because um, Booger's been taking some shit on Twitter like, uh, this past couple of days because people have dug up his old tweets about Lamar Jackson talking about how Louisville is not doing LJ any favors by playing him at quarterback because he's going to be playing wide receiver in the NFL. And so he, wow, he that, even doubled that didn't down. Age well, huh? <laughs> that did not age well at all. You know, and so, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are changing their tune, but, but yeah, LJ is great this year and it's really working out. So, yeah, that's going to be a good game. Um, again, this whole weekend is filled with great football, and I, I love Thanksgiving just for that, for for all the good football and all the good food. So, um, you know, with that, let's uh, let's move right on to f- fancy studs from uh, from this past week, from week twelve. Hey, stud! All right, so I'll go. I'll go into my stud first. Um, last week, even though it was a blowout game, kind of, if you watched it, my stud is Leonard Fournette. He had ninety-seven yards rushing on twenty-four carries with two TDs, but he also added 62 receiving yards and nine receptions for 36 fantasy points. I think it was one of those games where Fournette and Henry were kind of battling back and forth. I know a lot of people saw Henry's performance, but uh, I just want to give a shout out to Leonard because I think he was like, you know, my team's not doing well, but I'm going to I'm gonna still battle with this guy. And it was, it was a fun game to watch. Yeah, he put the team on his back. And that's all I was saying, like, in the intro, like, it was kind of forgotten how well of a game he had. Like, he did really good, and he's been – falling out the last couple of weeks but yeah we're gonna have a guy that's just gonna push everyone around like a bunch of little kids or like nelson you know nelson months from the simpsons on the on the playing field <laughs> you know, just running around pushing people over you know you're gonna forget about the other guy that's you know not doing that but still having a good game himself but yeah that's a great stud uh my, my stud from from week 12 is chris godwin and uh you know it just seems like chris and, and mike evans have been going back and forth all year um, but at this rate, you know, Chris Godwin's definitely going after that, uh, touchdown, uh, touchdown trophy for this year. So he caught seven of eight targets for 184 yards and two touchdowns, two really, really good touchdowns. And some of those catches were insane, totally threading the needle. Uh, d- didn't even seem like he was going to catch it, but he still came up with it and, and finished up with 37 PPR points. And so, yeah, Chris Godwin definitely had a day and, and at the expense of Mike Evans. So, you know, I think uh, people that are that own shares and, and both those guys are hoping that they can put it together on the same day for once, you know, and have both guys go off, you know, so there's no one really lacking. But um, as a Michael Evans shareholder, oh, it was tough to see, you know, it's tough to see Chris Godwin do so well and Mike Evans do so bad. I read a stat today that they're on pace to be the first wide receiver duo to both get 1500 yards. Wow. 
And the craziest thing about it is they have Jameis Winston throwing yeah. the ball. <laughs> who's leading who's leading the NFL in interceptions right now? Yeah. I think uh, 19 or something like that. 19. Something but do you think they care? I was thinking about that the other day. Do you think they care? Like, do you think Arians and um oh gosh, who's the old coordinator? Um Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich. Do you think they care? You know, that he's throwing I, the I do. I think they do. I think they they're like, this kid could be the best and he's losing us games because of all these turnovers. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to curb it as much because you see the greatness that he has in him. And right. so it's just, it's all upstairs with him. It's not athletic at all. It's all his mental. I think he just gets lazy and loses mechanics. And I don't think he's scared because he's so big. I don't think he's scared getting hit like some of the other quarterbacks you see. Yeah. And he had some nice runs too. You know, and I guess my thought is like, because he's slinging it so much because they're getting so many touchdowns, you know, like if they're just saying, like, go out there and just throw the ball, you know, like we don't care. Just get the ball downfield. We don't really have a run game. You know, Rojo's kind of coming back, but it's not, you know, it, it's just it's just go out there and, and, and get the ball to the two biggest playmakers you have. And and so, you know, I know you want to win. Right. So, of course, they're going to care in that respect. But at the same time, it's like, well, you know, just like sling it and you know, see what happens. Yep, I'll jump into my uh, dud. <laughs> you got the dud! I actually had one that I'm going to change it right now because I just remembered his performance. So shout out to Todd Gurley. You were my dud. Uh, I'm waving the white flag. Uh, Dalvin Cook is definitely outperforming Todd Gurley. But my dud this week that I want to focus on, I can't believe you didn't have him on your list, is the fantasy locus Amari Cooper. <laughs> I don't know his stats, but I know he got zero fantasy points. Wait, I think nothing. he might have had two targets. Uh, but I was going against him, uh, Cameron Bray, and James White, and it looked like I was going to get blown out. And the com- those guys combined got one point from James White out of three players, and it won me the game. So Fantasy Locus is my dud this week, and I know you're happy about that. Hell yeah. <laughs> no, and I think um, you know I'm going to talk about it a little bit later, but it was, it, Stephon, it was all Stephon Gilmore. For, for the Patriots, like he shadowed him the whole game and completely shut him down. So um, fantasy wise, points wise, production wise. Yeah, he's definitely the fantasy locust, but I'm not going to blame Amari Cooper for the reason why he got the fantasy locust again. Um, but that's going to happen. You know, when when you're when you're the number one receiver on that team and you go up against someone like him or Marshawn Lattimore from the Saints. Uh, they're they're going to key in on you, you know, and then sometimes you're going to get shut down. And, and Stefan, like, I mean, that guy's like the, the best corner in the league, and we've been saying it all year, and, and he proved it, you know. But but yeah, thanks thanks for bringing it up, just because I, I love any opportunity to, to call him the fantasy locust. Um, but but my well, kind of related, my dud from this week is Derek Carr. Um, one reason I wanted to single out Derek Carr is because I had him as my start of the week last week. And he went and disappointed everybody, including people that I talked about, talked to about uh, to about him. And so, you know, he had 15 completed 15 of 27 attempts for 127 yards, zero touchdowns and one interception for a total of five fantasy points benched again at the before the end of the third quarter. And and yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I think uh, that whole roughing the passer call that phantom roughing the passer call that the Raiders got uh, early in the first quarter just kind of set the tone and, and changed the whole mood for the whole team. But regardless, uh, this was a really sweet matchup uh, for Derek Carr to do something, and, and he absolutely did nothing 
The offensive line was getting pushed around. Defensive line got a lot of, for the Jets, got a lot of pressure on Carr. And he, again, you know, like I said in the intro, it just kind of turned back the clock because he looked scared and he looked like he wasn't confident and that he couldn't throw the ball downfield. And so he's definitely my big dud of this week. And the Jets D, I would say, is a middle road D to, to you know, topping and bumping into the top 12. 100%. It's, it's not like they're, you know, a top five defense, like setting the world on fire. Right. So that that makes it even – that was a game they had to win and they should have won, and it was so disappointing. So bad. Anyway, well, so let's yeah. take a break with that and hear from a word from our sponsor. All right, guys. Now, even though it's turkey week, we're still going to hit you with a bucket load of free nuggets. So let's start it off with the starts for week 13. Dom, who do you have? Uh, turkey nuggets for sure. Uh, my start this week, and I always I've been wrong. I think I'm over two when picking a team, a guy versus Miami. But my start of the week is Zach Ertz versus Miami. Free nuggets. He's coming off a 14 target game last week. I think he had like 97 yards receiving, and they need to win desperately. And he's Wentz's security blanket, and Wentz's hands also a little banged up. In that in that note, don't be afraid in a deeper league or if you're desperate at tight end to start Goddard as well. He did have a big fumble last week against the Patriots, but he scored three touchdowns in the last four weeks. So look those two up against Miami. Who's your start, Tommy? My start of this week is Kirk Cousins playing at Seattle on Monday Night Football. Now, another reason I'm having him as my start this week, and it's a strategy that we've talked about before on this podcast, but I want to reiterate to players, if you have a potential to start someone on Monday Night Football, do that. Make that happen. Because you never know what's going to happen, one, on Monday Night Football underneath the lights, and it gives you just another opportunity to get some points after the Sunday night Sunday night games. So, Kirk, even though he's going against Seattle, which is a good defense, but they are middle of the pack in points to quarterbacks. And Kirk is currently is as the ninth-ranked player in all of fantasy quietly the ninth ranked player and so in a lot of leagues he's actually available he's only owned in 76 percent of yahoo leagues so you still have opportunity to pick him up and start him this week and he has a nice matchup this week and next week against detroit and so kirk cousins is my start of the week free nuggets yeah and uh, i second that starting someone on monday night like the ravens defense who won me with the by one point in our league with the last pick of the game it was amazing (laughs) So, Dom, how about a, a streamer for week 13 or or someone that you might want to start in DFS? My start of the week is Josh Jacobs. Free nuggets. And I think he'll be a little high because, you know, people are high on him as rookie of the year. But like I said, the Raiders had a terrible loss last week. If they, they're playing KC, it's at KC. I think it's going to have to be a shutout, shootout. And if it's the offense is going to get going, it's going to get going through Josh Jacobs. So I'm predicting 95 yards rushing, two TDs, and add another 40 yards receiving. So Ooh. it's going to be a good fantasy game for him. I like that 40 yards receiving. It's something that he hasn't done a ton of this uh, year, but they definitely need to feed him the ball. And and looking at DraftKings right now, Josh Jacobs currently at $6,900 on DraftKings. Not super expensive, but also not super cheap either. So. You know, if you're looking for kind of those RB2 
uh, tier type players uh, that could go off as an RB1. Uh, I definitely I think that's a great start of the week. Uh, the Chiefs are the 32nd uh, team defense against running back. So definitely a good week for Josh Jacobs. They just need to show up and do it and make it happen because it's definitely a must-win game for them. Free nuggets. Uh, so my, my uh, DFS started this week is Jonathan Williams for the Indianapolis Colts. He was the hot pickup last week uh, for your waiver wires. And and he has another decent matchup this week against Tennessee, who gives up the 12th most fantasy points to the running back position. And he's currently at $5,300 on DraftKings. So you could actually put Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Williams as your two running backs, get some really nice receivers and an awesome flex start, and have a nice lineup for this week. Free nuggets. A quick question on that. Uh, I was watching the game because it was Thursday night with the Williams guy that you're talking about. And sure enough, Aaron picked him up. But what happened to Naeem's Himes? Like, I know he's there <laughs> catching down back and everything, but this guy came out of nowhere and had like 30 touches. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I was like, when I was going against him, I'm like, oh, he'll, you know, he'll get maybe 10, 12 points if he scores a touchdown. But this dude was like their workhorse back. Like they don't even miss Mac. What happened to Himes? Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's it's he's just not getting the touches. I mean, cause he's not hurt and he is that third down back for them and he's been there too. So you think that he would automatically kind of slate in yeah, there next man up. Yeah. Right. You know, and Jordan Wilkins kind of the same thing, but um, you know, I, I guess Jonathan Williams was the guy that no one had really heard about and was ready to ball out. Cause he definitely took his opportunity and ran with it. And like you said, it wasn't just running the ball, but also catching. So yeah, Jonathan Williams is the man look uh, going forward. Um, you know, they haven't, put uh, Marlon Mack on IR yet for the whole year, but um, I would not be scared about starting Jonathan Williams, especially this week. Yeah. So who do you have for sit of the week this week, Tommy? Sit down, sit down, sit down. Yeah. So on the flip side of all this, uh, my sit of the week, because of the reason I talked about this guy earlier, Stefan Gilmore is going to be shadowing DeAndre Hopkins this week. And you don't want to sit DeAndre Hopkins. He's been killing it lately, but Stephon Gilmore is going to shut him down. That's what he does. They give up the least amount of points to the wide receiver position. And I think the only guy that scored the most fancy points on them was like Golden Tate in week five or week six. You know, that was kind of a fluke. Everyone else, he shut down completely. We already talked about Amari Cooper, the fancy locust, returning to that because of Gilmore. So, you know, people listening out there, you're probably going to say I'm wrong and not going to believe me, but it's not going to be a good day for Nuke. I'm just saying, just putting it out there. I would sit him if you have the opportunity to sit him because it's not going to be a good one. I'm jumping on the bandwagon right with you. Uh, the Patriots D is that good. And my sit of the week is Deshaun Watson. Oof. Uh, that's tough for me to say because my name is, I said Watson and he's my number one guy, but the Patriots D are that scary. The only saving grace is it is in Houston, but give you know Bill Belichick some time to shut down a mobile quarterback, and he's done it every, every almost every time except for against Baltimore. But uh, so that's my sit of the week, and luckily I have Rodgers on the bench, but that might not, not be an option for other people. Free nuggets. Yeah, yeah, especially if you're in a, a super flex league or two quarterback league, um, you might not have the luxury to not sit. Uh, Watson, you know, but it's just, it's not, it's not good. It's not going to be good. I mean, the Ravens were the only team that broke that mold against the Patriots. So 
the Texans are good enough to do uh, what the what the Ravens did, uh, but I think they'll definitely try to to mimic you know that same uh, uh, scheme for this game. All right, Dominic, do you got anyone that's left on the waiver wire? Any scraps that you would want to pick up for some free nuggets, some more free nuggets for our listeners? Free nuggets? No, I'm kind of in the hunt right now for the playoffs. So I know a lot of our team or league listens to this podcast. So I'm going to pass on this one. But I <laughs> You're not going to share? No, I'm not going to share. Oh. That's how desperate I am for a win. But He's keeping it to I, himself. <laughs> I do have an interesting stat. I think it's. I'll bring it up real quick and then I'll let you say who you got on the waiver. But we were talking about this before the show, but in half point PPR leagues, Ronald Jones has outscored Saquon Barkley and full point PPR. Barkley has 117 points. RJ has 113. Oh. Barkley was the number one overall pick. Rojo went in like the 13th, 12th round. I don't know. How crazy of a stat is that? That's insane. That It's, it's ridiculous how bad uh this year has been for certain players um and, and especially compared to the adp where you you know what you thought they were going to do um there's there's been a few players that were definitely w- have well outperformed the adp you know by getting drafted way late like lamar jackson but but guys like saquon it's just it's just crazy and then what do you do for next year like are you still going to draft them in like the first late first early second round exactly it's that's my biggest concern is i think his name recognition like you said before the show will keep him up in that late first early second but his 80 if they don't completely overhaul the team get him some more offensive linemen and weapons i have a hard time drafting him before the third fourth round yeah that i mean it's saquon though you know like he yep. should be fine it's just oh man that's that's a terrible stat <laughs> yeah. to be that cl- behind rojo and, and half point ppr is so bad so do you have any waiver wire guys? Yeah, I have one guy that's been kind of popped up the last couple of weeks and and quietly. Um, and I think it's going to work, keep working out good for him with Nick, Nick Foles, uh, BDN, Big Dick Nick, uh, retaking the reins there in Jacksonville. Uh, and that's Chris Conley. And he's going up against uh, Tampa Bay this week, who gives up the most fantasy points to the wide receiver position. And the last five games, uh, Conley's been averaging seven to eight targets every single game and and doing something with those targets too. So he's been a nice like wide receiver two for the team, uh, wide receiver three in fantasy, someone that's uh, pretty interesting for your flex, especially in deeper leagues or in dynasty leagues where he may be available. Uh, but he's complimenting DJ Chark really nicely uh, and someone that, you know, at this point in the season, there's not much out there uh, on waivers. Uh, and you know, like I said, with Jonathan Williams was last week, you know, so uh, if you're looking for someone left that still might be available, uh, check out Chris Conley because I think he's available in like 85% of Yahoo leagues right now. Is it Chris Connolly Jr. or is that a basketball player? I think That's a basketball league. player uh, who <laughs> used to play for Ohio State, I believe. And then I can't remember where he went. I don't know if it, was, it wasn't the Lakers, right? It was somewhere else. Uh, I think he played for Memphis. but Yeah, um, that makes sense. I think it was Memphis. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. <laughs> so not not that guy. The other guy for the, for the Jaguars. <laughs> All right, so so with that, let's uh, let's move on to some Super Friends League talk and talk about our last week of the regular season. The Super Friends League. Yeah, what a what a season it's been. No one's clinched technically. I mean, we know one through five is in, but no one has that number one and number two spot clinch. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. All right, so listen to this parody that we have still going on in the Super Friends League. 
So for the playoffs, uh, the top five teams have all clinched a spot in the playoffs. Congratulations to all you five teams. And one last spot remains open with Matt and Jeff, the only two players with a chance to get that last spot. So if Matt wins, he's in. He's in the playoffs. If Matt loses and Jeff loses, Matt is still in. But if Matt loses and Jeff wins by at least 94 more points than Matt, then Jeff is in. So there's still a small chance that Jeff can jump up from seventh to get that last sixth place spot and make the playoffs. But it's not looking real good, you know, and and I think, uh, you know, we've seen it where there's been teams that have outscored that many points, you know, like get over 200 or something. But it's just it's not looking very likely. Um, and, and then on the bottom end of the league, um, we have we have our last place uh, teams and and really trying to not get that last place trophy and the license plate frame cover that says you suck at fantasy football. Uh, and so if if Fosberg wins and Art loses then next, uh, this week, then both their teams will be four and nine. But Fosberg has to outscore Art at, by at least 22 more points than Art scores to not get last place. So with John winning this week, it took him out of the running for last place and the license plate frame and laughing ass trophy will go down to either art or Aaron Fosberg. But if art wins or, or Fosberg loses, then the last place is Fosberg's alone and you'll be rocking that license plate frame, hopefully on the Range Rover. I would love to see it on the Range Rover, but it'll probably go on the Prius, which will equally be as funny. Yeah, and uh, I mean, if you know our league history and we're kind of talking to the guys in it, uh, a lot of this, you know, Mexicans and Noble Savages in the top two seeds right now, the only guys with multiple championships. And then you got you and me, guys who are really at making playoffs, but not finishing it to, <laughs> to, the, to the, the most improved guy of the season, uh, Aaron Rapoli. I think uh, things are slowing down for him as far as uh, – you know, work and kid life and everything, and his wife's not going to school. So I think he had more time to focus on fantasy this year. And then Matt's been pretty consistent in the playoffs as well. And then Jeff, to me, Jeff is like a like a rocket. He came into the league first year, won it, hot, and then kind of you know got married, started <laughs> having kids. And fantasy's just kind of it's it's kind of typical. Like, and then Art, no excuse. Uh, you have no kids, and. Uh, I guess the only excuse you have is you didn't play college and high school football, so maybe the acumen's not there. But you definitely have the you know the effort. You you try you 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 yuck it up with trades and everything. I skipped over uh, John. John, I'm a little disappointed in you this season. And then lastly, uh, Arm Rodri. Uh, how can you be in a champion one year <laughs> and then last place the next year, and also an extra draft pick? You need to step it up, bro. I know you had a new job, but fantasy football over everything else. Over everything. <laughs> I, all I gotta say is there has to be some correlation uh, with the bottom three in our league uh, also being some of the worst people at trades, um, with making trades, with making trade offers. Um, I think there might be a correlation there because you can't just win it all on your draft. Uh, there's no one that's won a fantasy football league just on their draft alone. Um, uh, if you if you're out there and and you have, please tweet at us because I'd love to hear the story because I have never seen it anywhere. You have to make moves. You have to trade and you're not going to do it all on, on your waiver wire. You have to make those trades. So, yeah, you got to do something to win. Right. So 
so with that let's let's get to the picks huh let's uh let's go to our first matchup which will be armed rogery versus the godfather the game that arm rogery needs to win so arm rogery's at three uh, his record's at three and nine currently at 10th place and the godfather's at five and seven in seventh place both teams really really hoping they get their win this week who do you got dom man this is tough because uh Carson Wentz has a cake matchup against Miami, but he's banged up. And then Tom Brady is playing in the dome at Houston. I'm going to go with Arm Rodgery just because Jeff's not going to make the playoffs anyways. And <laughs> I, I, I'd like to make it interesting for last place. So I'm going to pick Arm Rodgery. Uh, Derrick Henry is going to have another big game. Kamara against Atlanta on Turkey Day I think is going to show up. The only concern I have is I saw Gerald Edrit hyperextend his knee in the game but it looked like he came back in. So just keep an eye on that. And then Will Fuller, hopefully, you know, Stefan Gilmore is covering nuke and he can get open. So I'm going to go arm Rodri. Who do you got? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there um, because of Tyler Lockett, Alvin Kamara and Derek Henry and Will Fuller. I think that's a great point uh, with Stefan Gilmore shutting down nuke that Will Fuller might go off. And, you know, looking at Godfather's roster, um, you know, he's got some talent there. John Brown against Dallas is pretty good. You know, Saquon's supposed to be amazing, but we've all seen it, what's happening. Uh, we might as well have Rojo there in his place, basically. Um, and then Evan Ingram coming back, hopefully coming back healthy uh, against Green Bay, possibly um, might be raining. And so, you know, you might not get a lot from them, you know. And so I, I like uh, our Rodgers team a little bit better this week. And I agree with you. I just want to see some some shit happen, something be a little bit different uh, this week, and and see who's really going to get last place because I think that's the biggest matchup the um, that we have going for us right now. Yeah, I think uh, the next matchup I have on my list I think is the second most important matchup of the week, and that's Dumpster Baby. I think that might be his third name of the year, but that's Matt versus Noble Savage. So Matt's at sixth place, and Noble Savage is second. And the reason this is important because you guys are you and your brother basically are fighting for that second buy. Cause I think yeah. Steve has it locked up in first place right now. Yeah. So who do you got? Yeah. That's, um, you know, I'm kind of shocked that I got jumped last week with, with Vince's amazing point total um, and, and my less than stellar showing. So yeah, our, our records are tied, but he has a little bit more points than me right now. Um, I'm, I'm not even going to look at the team. You know, it's not fair to our listeners if we don't talk about who has on the team, but I'm just going to go to Dumpster Baby. You know, I, I think uh, I, I want Dumpster Baby to win because I want Noble Savages to lose um, one so I can get that second place by and that Dumpster Baby can get into to the playoffs because I think he deserves it. I think he's really earned it. He's really turned it around these last couple of years. He's really stepped up his game. I you know he has won before. But he's really stepped up his game and his knowledge. So I think he kind of earned uh, a place in the playoffs. And it won't really matter to Noble Savages either way. Um, you know, if he did get a loss, I know he'll like the bye week. But at the same time, like, yeah, you're, you're still in. So, you know, free nugget uh, to Vince. You know, like, it's it's cool, you know, if you don't start everybody, dude. Like, it's Yeah, there was a rumor going around that he was only going to start Lamar Jackson, uh, Mark Ingram, and Kelsey. And that's it. That sounds good to me. I mean, if you're really a badass, Vince, you probably should do that. (laughs) So I agree with you. Great emotional pick. Don't even look at the teams, but I will look at the teams. And going on a pure analytic standpoint, I'm going with Noble Savages just because he has Lamar Jackson. And I like Ezekiel and I, Elliot, and I like Mark Ingram and I like Kelsey and I like Fournette. He just has better matchups and better players. 
Uh, I think Aaron Jones is going to show up. I read another quote. Just circle back to this topic again. Matt LaFur says, we need to get Aaron Jones the ball more. Oh, where have I heard this before? <laughs> oh, there's a whole movement on Twitter for free air, hashtag free Aaron Jones, right? Yep, free Aaron Jones, still trying to free Aaron Jones. I don't know what's going on. It's like they forget every three weeks that this dude produces when you give him the ball. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, he's good, right? You know what? I yeah. think <laughs> because him and in a in a uniform, Lamar, uh, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams look so similar. I think they just forget, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. I think they forget. 30, 33, there. whatever. Like, whatever. Same guy. You got dreadlocks. Same guy. <laughs> a good theory. All right. That's the next one. You have. Let's go. Uh, let's go. Let's keep ours last. I'm gonna keep ours last. So let's go. Stand up, yeah. Colin uh, versus the Expendables. So stand up, Colin uh, is at seven five in fifth place. Probably has that lockdown. And then the Expendables is at four and eight in ninth place. And so yeah, looking at the matchups, wow, they're projected one twenty six to one twenty one. So it's gonna be really close. Uh, so Dom, who do you have? Uh, I'm going to pick emotional on this one too. I want art to win, but um, I've, I feel like art is the anti money Mayweather. Every time I pick against him, he, or every, every, yeah, every time I pick against him, I win. So I hate to pick him this week, but I'm going with it. Cause I just want to jump stand up calling and I just want to finish higher. And we have the same point total. So uh, Drew Brees against Atlanta. I feel like it's going to be a shootout. Is Julio Jones going to play? Probably. Mm-hmm. And and Amari Cooper versus Buffalo is a pretty tough matchup. Luckily, it's not at Buffalo. But and then we already talked about D. Hopkins, so I'm going with Art on this one. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with you. You know, especially those matchups. Uh, his receivers um, might not have great weeks. Josh Allen's been playing all right, um, and you know, he's got the hot ticket from last week, Jonathan Williams. So he's got one player that I'm really you know confident in, and the rest is kind of up in the air. Um, you know, with uh, with Landry going against Pittsburgh too. Pittsburgh's been playing really good on defense lately. So I don't think they're going to have that great of a game. You know, so looking at Expendables roster, like you said, with Drew Brees, Julio Jones, I really like Devontae Parker the last like half of this season. He's been putting up really solid uh, wide receiver two numbers and, and Nick Chubb's turning it on. Um, you know, the the lower half of his roster, I'm not stoked about with Jamal Williams, Greg Golson, Carlos Hyde. But I think, um, I, I think uh, stand-up Collins team has the potential to put up a lot of duds, so I'm gonna go with Expendables this week. Matchup we have. Sorry, yeah. So the next matchup we have is my matchup number four. I said Watson versus number eight John Dumpsterfire. Um, I'll jump in first on this one. It's pretty simple. I'm gonna pick myself. Uh, it's the, I had a. 140 point projection, but it already went down because Aaron Rodgers sucked last week. But uh, 134, 117. I'm feeling pretty confident. John's trying to cl- climb out of the sewer, but I'm going to kick him back down there this game, and I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and get a victory. Yeah, looking at the teams and the matchup, uh, I said Watson's got Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams stack, hoping they have a nice bounce back against New York. And then Cortland Sutton, Car- uh, Chris Carson, Todd Gurley, Zach Ertz. And Kareem Hunt, you're still pretty confident in that Kareem Hunt, huh? You, I mean, he's, he's getting he's a walking touches. ten points. He's a walking ten points because of his receptions. Yeah, yeah, solid there in the flex. Uh, yeah. And then Dumpster solid Fire board. has a bigger Mayfield, uh, who I projected as a potential league winner if he can continue to play well. Uh, DJ Chark, Calvin Ridley, Joe Mixon, 
Philip Lindsay and George Kittle. Um, and then his wild card at the flex, Debo Samuel, who's been turning on really well uh, this last few weeks. Um, so it's going to be interesting, you know, that matchup, that San Francisco matchup against Baltimore. Uh, I just, you know, we talked about it a lot earlier, but I'm just not sure how it's really going to go. Um, so looking at it, uh, I'll just have to go ahead and lean a little bit more towards I said Watson side for the win this week. Yes. <laughs> All right. And now for the most important matchup of the week. Why did it have to be like this? I have to ask you. I, I would do the same thing in your position. Do you get mad when you go? Why can't I be playing most with, yes. like with lower projected total? Because you were projected at 149. Steve is projected at 147. The only other person in that category is Vince with Lamar Jackson. So I guess, yeah. So you answer the question. You're, you wish yeah. you were playing somebody else. Yeah, I wish I was playing Vince this week. I, I wish you know we were battling it for the, for the second spot. I mean... Or, or really, I wish I was playing dumpster fire or someone on the bottom because the fact that yep. me and Steve are at one and three right now with a, a tied record of eight and four, it's almost just seems unfair that we have to play ourselves uh, this week because whoever loses um, probably loses out their their first week by, you know, I got to look at the point total, but you know, I think it might come down to that, you know, just simple record uh, because the top three teams are at eight and four, so. You know, like you said at the beginning of the pod, like nothing's nothing set in stone for for going into the playoffs, which is really good, but also at the also at the same time really nerve wracking. So, um, you know, I'm trying to do something different this week. Uh, Matt Ryan hasn't been playing well, and I talked about Kirk Cousins earlier, so I picked him up, putting him in there for a hopeful Monday Night Football victory that I can come back and he can decide to not give the ball to Dalvin Cook. Uh, or if he does, throw it to Dalvin Cook for some nice screens that I'm also getting the points because uh, Steve has Dalvin Cook. So um, I think we'll have a real good battle of the receivers with uh, Mike Evans and Tyreek Hill on my team going up against Mike Thomas and Cooper Cup on Steve's team. And like we talked about earlier, he also has Godwin. So is it going to be a Chris Godwin or a Mike Evans day? I'm hoping they both can get some points, but ideally more towards Mike Evans. And then, uh, you know, I've been rolling with Christian McCaffrey all year. And so I think, um, you know, Christian McCaffrey and Josh Jacobs versus Dalvin Cook and Miles Sanders, I think that's going to be the biggest uh, difference maker in this game. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to predict uh, myself is going to win, and I'm hoping that happens. Not super confident, but my team has been pretty consistent all year. I just hope that they can do what their potential uh, or hope they can live up to their potential. Yeah, that's all valid points. Um, I got three reasons why I'm picking the person I'm picking. The first reason is uh, in your first matchup, Steve won. So you need to get the rubber match. So that hints that I'm picking you. Second reason is his matchups. Cooper Cup versus Arizona should be a great matchup, but something's not right with that offense. And they might get right against Arizona, but it could easily go the other way, and I think that matchup might win you the game. Yeah. And then, the, and then in that same sense, I think Crowder might have another twenty point or twenty target game against Cincinnati. And if that happens, he gets twenty targets. He's at least getting you twenty points. So, I think your slot might outproduce Goodwin this week. And it, like you said, it's between Evans and Goodwin. Who's gonna Who's gonna get the ball from Jameis? But I just can't touch Jameis Winston as a quarterback. And since you have one of his weapons, I think that bodes well for you. And then uh, it's, it's, it's close across the board, but Waller hasn't been performing that well the 
you know, the last three games as far as fantasy points go. And Andrews is pretty consistent. So it depends on if it's going to be a shootout in Casey and uh, Philadelphia. I, I understand why he's starting them against Miami because it's Miami, but Fitz, Fitzgerald's been scoring three touchdowns a game. So that's going to bump his pump, you know, his point total down unless they get a, sa- a bunch of sacks and a, and a couple turnovers or a touchdown. So he might only get seven points from his, from his defense, even if they win the game. So that's why I'm picking. Oh man. Even then I'm still not confident. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a good matchup. So yeah, it's a really good matchup. That's yeah. this week's going to be awesome for fantasy. And, I I just hope that they're, the points are, are flowing. You know, I hope it's not a low scoring game. I hope uh, everyone does what they're, you know, they're hoping to do because whoever loses in this game, I hope it's just by, you know, you're barely beating, getting beat by a ton of points. Yeah, you're not your team didn't show up yet. Right. Exactly. exactly. So I hope, uh, you know, good luck to everyone in fantasy this week. I hope it's a ton of points. Uh, Everyone does well. Everyone does what they need to do to get into the playoffs and then make a nice deep playoff run. But, you know, with that, that, that's, that does it for today's show. You know, so another, another weekly show in the books, Thanks, everyone, for stopping by and tuning in. We really appreciate all of our loyal listeners. And before you log off, make sure you rate and review the podcast on whatever app you're listening to the show on. And remember, you can always hit us up at the pod's Twitter handle at 2on1FFBpodcast for all your waiver wire, trades, and start and sit questions. And you can find each of us on Twitter. I'm at TMO52 underscore. Uh, I'm at mode 24 and Steve's at FB Savant 7075. Thanks for listening. And again, happy Thanksgiving. Love, peace, and prayers to all your family. Hope you guys all have a great weekend, great uh, Thanksgiving, eating a lot of turkey, watching a lot of good football. Gobble, gobble. <laughs>